welcome. Glad that you are joining us for another edition of The Christ Life. We are, as always, glad that you're here. It's, of course, our prayer that you are, as we've gone through these last number of uh, messages together, that you are growing, uh, or I should say, the joy that is in you is growing, and that you're living uh, continually uh, with a uh, ever-abounding joy, because that really is the will of the Lord for our lives, that He grows in us and grows through us. And it's so uh, abundant in the joy that uh, not just we get to experience, but everybody around us gets to experience. And so we're our prayer is that you'll really, uh, you know, really grow in that area. Today, we're going to talk about joyful thinking. And when we when we talk about joyful thinking, don't just think of your brain. Uh, because we're not just a brain. We're it's just, just really our brain is just another part of our flesh when it comes right down to it. Uh, but I really want you to think of the whole person. But I want to start right off the bat, just giving you the joy principle for today. And it's simply this joy is a mindset. It's a mindset. And, and I want you to think about it this way. The if you if you take a five or a six-year-old uh child, and in one hand you have a hundred dollar bill. And in the other hand, you have this big old lollipop and you make them make a choice. Their mindset is going to be on that candy every time. Their mindset is not, oh, wait a minute, they have a $100 bill. And with that $100 bill, I could buy 10 of these lollipops or whatever number. They just want the one. And as a person who uh, is uh, a follower of Jesus and walking in the light, the Lord helps us to have a mindset of recognizing and having an opportunity to uh, really move into a greater place of joy and not getting stuck on the things that are temporary or to just temporal, but really allow our hearts and minds to continually move back to a place to, that is eternal. And I want to pick us up in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5. Uh, Paul says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in one accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Now, let me just stop there just a second, because I just want to throw this in, because uh, we live in a world where everyone tries to find balance. And, uh, and, and the enemy may tell you that, uh, that you, have to, uh, you have to spend all of your time um, doing, doing what the enemy would call Christian things. But the reality is we live in this world. We're not of this world, but we do live in this world. So there is a balance that while you go to work, you're not just going to work. And there is that in, there's a self-interest that, listen, bills have to be paid. Wife has to be made happy. Well, maybe Rex's wife lives happy. Uh, but uh, all the things that go along with it. But it's not just that either. It's not just all of your time about all of the world that you seem to have created over a period of time. But Paul's talking about this expanding. There's this balance that begins to come that you're living in this world now, but you're not living just of this world. Uh, and I just I stopped there just because we're not going to come back to that uh, much in the in the sermon. So uh, he says, have this mind among yourselves, uh, which is yours in Christ, who through the um, Excuse me, Christ Jesus, who though uh, he was uh, was 
in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the um, name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so, so Paul, what he does here, he, he, say, he gives us the picture of Jesus humbling himself by coming humbling himself, being obedient to the Father, knowing that, uh, that he, he was part of this earth, but he wasn't of this earth. He had his mind set somewhere else. And because his mindset ultimately was toward heaven and his Father, uh, that allowed him to move through this life with an incredible joy. There was nothing in this life that could take them from it because joy, as we've talked before, it's not a matter of happiness, which has to do with happenstance, uh, but joy is, uh, joy is the Lord in us. And so he had this father in him as he's, as he's moving through life that he's always moving in that direction. And here, Paul does this incredible thing. He's not, he's not writing on how to protect against some false uh, doctrine. It's not a, it's not a defense of himself, but it probably is first and foremost, the most, one of the most practical forms of Christianity that is offered. This, uh, this life of emptying ourselves, not yourselves, ourselves, because we are without a doubt included. And as we are emptying ourselves, here's what what's happens. We, we, we make space for, there, there's the, the, the practical part of this where we do that. We make a choice to say, no to things. And when we say no to things, we move into the mysterious part of this dynamic in the life of Christ. And Christ comes in and he replaces what we've said no to. He replaces with something beautiful. He replaces it with something that has eternal ramifications. There's a redemptive nature to what Christ comes and replaces it with. But it really starts with this this joyous mindset that is with us. And it's, and it really, I think maybe another way of looking at it, it is a belief. It's a belief that Christ has something far better than this world can ever offer. And because of that, now I can say, I'm going to become something. So I'm going to remove, I'm going to remove the, the junk of my life, the things that, that are harmful to ourselves, harmful to the people around us. And we say no to that. And, and that creates the space for Christ to come in and, and put something that is beautiful. And then all of a sudden, our mindset gets um, really a greater establishment of the things that are yet to come. And joy just becomes a normal, everyday way of life. What happens is you, as you read this in this portion of scripture, there's a, a, rem, uh, a removing of the love that is really experience um, built before Christ. When, when you remove your old way of thinking about love and you take on Christ's form of love, then there's a, a, a beauty of the love of Christ that begins to develop in our hearts and minds. When, when you begin to allow uh, the word of God to renew your mind, then now your thinking uh, takes less from what our culture says it has to. 
And now you begin to take on the, the mind of Christ uh, in your own heart and mind, and it establishes uh, a pattern and it establishes a way of life that keeps you in tune and keeps you focused on the things that really are eternal. It's powerful. Uh, you know, it, and it's everywhere in the scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, this isn't just uh, in Paul's writing to the Philippians. This is a, a, a really powerful, as you said, a unique way of saying it that sums up in the most practical terms, what we call the Christ life, but the reality that you don't have to, we're not called uh, to live for God as though he weren't alive for himself. We don't have to fake it till we make it. We don't have to take on some set of uh, obligatory do's and don'ts, rules and regulations. What we do is we we experience an exchange. That's what reconciliation is. We experience this, this transference, this transformational process as we let go of selfness and the selfishness that, that that engenders in us and our own way of seeing things. And that's really what we're talking about here. And what do we then take on? We take on the mindset of Christ. We take on the mindset of ministry and joy uh, should define the mentality of ministry. This is the reality of what we're trying to get through here today and get a real handle on because I think it's I think it's powerful. He writes in other places, Paul writes about not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, and and it's an interesting choice of language in that particular scripture in Romans because the one is passive while the other is active. Confirmation, you don't have to do anything about it. You don't have to try to think, uh, you know, uh, dam- in a damaged way. You don't have to try to worry. You don't have to try to be worldly. You don't have to try for those things because you're kind of wired for that. That's how we're built. That's how the world works around us. But you have to let go of that. You have to choose to uh, to to not hold on to that and not be conformed to that so that the transformation can begin to take place in your life. And that is the mind of Christ becoming your mindset. And that's why we're we're saying to you, joy is a mindset. Joy is a mindset. Repeat it again and again and again. But, but don't just repeat it until you believe it. it. Get it into your heart and your spirit because this is the reality. It's not just your head. It's your heart. It's your whole way of life. It's your whole way of seeing everything. And we can see ourselves through... Christ. We can see ourselves in Christ. We can see Christ in us. And this is the reality of the relationship that really brings the joy, not just the joy, but the joy of the Lord into our lives. And so this is the powerful truth that that is right here in these verses. And I, I no one can say it, I think, any better than what Paul puts here. And it's powerful in the way that it looks, but it's a huge truth. When we speak about having the living presence, the attitude, the mindset of the Lord Jesus Christ himself becoming an ever-increasing part of our lives, that means that something is going to change powerfully in us. In order to have that, we have to get a handle on what that mindset is. And so uh, let me just offer this to you. I think uh, the mindset involves humility. Uh, He he has a status. This is what the scripture says here. He has a status of equality with God that, that in order to deliver humankind from their sins and deliver divine life to humankind, 
it has to be laid aside. And so he he empties himself. He, in humility, yields himself to the mission of God, to the mission of the Father, to the mission of the Son, to the mission of the Holy Spirit, to this this pathway that will bring us to salvation. And his humility is in obedience to the will of the Father. He lives a life in, in the way that Adam did not, the way that you and I don't. He lives a life in full obedience to the Lord. And that obedience, that yieldedness, brings him to the place of success. Because because he yields himself, because he humbles himself, because he yields himself even to the death of the cross, therefore the Father highly exalts him and gives him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess. And so there is that same pathway is available for us. If we could see this, this is what, this is the joy. This is the joy of the mindset of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, yes, we embrace this this uh, yieldedness, this willingness to give up certain things. Uh, yes, we embrace a an ideology where we don't have to make it up as we go, and we don't have to, to figure it out on our own. We have divine assistance. We have divine instruction. We have a divine word that comes to us. The Spirit of the Lord God lives in us. And so we learn to obey. We love by obeying. We know He loves us, the Scripture says, because He laid down His life for us. We know we love Him because we obey Him. That's a powerful truth. And so in our work of obedient yieldedness before the Lord, this is the success. This, 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 is the, this is the end of the journey. You know, what is the will of God for us? The will of God is that we be yielded to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we be put into this place where we have this, this opportunity to develop and to move into this mindset of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I, I think this is a powerful thing. Uh, we want to talk about it under three sort of categories here, because the scripture speaks of it in these three categories. And the first one uh, starts in verse number 12, and then it skips over verse 13 and picks up in 14 to 16. And that's the purpose that we have to achieve. There is a purpose that we seek to achieve in the developing this mentality of ministry. The second is that there is a power that we receive uh, that enables us to actually enter into this. And Rich is going to share that with us in just a minute. And then finally, uh, there is a promise for us to believe. So let me take you to verse number 12, read it to you. And then I'm going to read from verse uh, 14 to the first part of 16. It says, therefore, because you can have the mentality of ministry, you can have the mind of Christ. Therefore, as you have always obeyed, so now, not just as in my presence, but much more now that I'm absent, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. That alone would be a miracle. <laughs> I'm just going to say, if you could get everybody who's believing person before the Lord to live in full obedience to the Lord without any grumbling or complaining. That would be an awesome thing. Do it without grumbling or, or disputing so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the middle of the crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. <laughs> what a powerful picture. And I think the, the best way to just look at this is, is simply, you need to take this seriously. 
we, we, this, this offer of the mindset of the Lord Jesus Christ and the joy that that brings to you, the freedom that that brings to you, uh, the, the place of uh, absolute delight that that puts you in is in fact serious business. And so we need to take this seriously. We, we need to do this with a sense of, uh, uh, we're, we're obligated to this. If you, if, if you could hold this carrot at the end of the stick that the joy is out there in front of you and you knew that was true, that, that would be, you know, uh, that would be the lollipop that's worth, that has hundreds of dollars attached to it somehow. That would be the whole thing. And so this is what God is calling for us to do is take this seriously. Then the second thing we need to do, the scripture speaks of, is enjoy the journey. Get involved in here. And in the middle of it all, the process is not nasty or, or mean or, or, oh, I have to obey. I'm yielded to. No, no, no. I do this without disputing. I do this without murmuring. In fact, I do this with joy because it's a, it's a delight to see the presence of the Lord, to feel the mindset of Christ, to, to learn the humility of God working inside of my soul. And then I get the chance to, to actually live in a way that's completely different. We, we are the demonstration of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you live without disputing, without mumbling, a humble, energy-filled divine life where joy is just inside of you, and it's not a resultant joy. It's not joy because everything's working out great and all the bills are paid. It's just the joy of the Lord's presence and the joy of a loving, obedient relationship with Him where He's in you and you're in Him. That joy, it, it just marks you. It marks all of us as different because it doesn't exist. The world is such a angry place, politics and, you know, and, and, and racism and just, I mean, just the business world. So many places you go, the church is not supposed to be an angry place. It's not supposed to be. The church is supposed to be a joy-filled place. The church is supposed to be a people who have this mindset of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ giving us this incredible joy. And that joy is what makes all the difference in the world. We uh, have lost a little bit of an understanding of humility as a servant in just our culture in general. We're back in the day when there were monarchs. Uh, it it, it was a little bit easier to illustrate. Um, the, the, Paul really talks in verse 13. He says, there really is a power to receive. And here's, he says it this way, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's just come out of uh, verse 12, talking about working out our salvation with fear and trembling. There's the humility part. God, you're, you're up here. I, I just put myself down here. Lord, there's, I am nothing compared to you. And it's in that comparison, that proper comparison, that really opens up an opportunity for God to work in our life. It's, um, I think about it this way, when uh, the Jews were uh, in the process of coming out of Egypt, uh, it's, it, says that, it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And, 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 you know, there's a number of different views on really what that looks like, but I want to propose this view to you is certainly in this context, uh, is that uh, if, if you take out into the sun in Texas in the middle of July, uh, you take out some good clay and some nice butter, uh, you're going to end up with two totally different things. In one hand, you're going to end up with some really, really hard clay. 
And in the other hand, you're going to end up with a pool <laughs> of butter. <laughs> it's the same sun, but the substance was different. Mm -hmm. And when we take a substance before the Lord that is about wow. self, that is about what I want and what I deserve, uh, then, then what you're going to do is you're going to get a bit of hardness. But humility says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep this heart soft. So when I come before you, Lord, you just take and melt away. Because my life is no longer about me. It's about what the scripture says, his good pleasure. And when you make it about his good pleasure, you, you then, everything that you do, you're going to do to his good pleasure. And so now it's not just a matter of segmenting life. Now all of life from work to, to home to every, everywhere we go is now about his good pleasure. And then what Paul is saying, there's a power for him in that belief to work something uh, in us. He works our will. He, he works even the acts that we are doing to his good pleasure. So he is glorified. And really, that is the, the, the mindset of joy. I am full of joy knowing that I'm at his becking call. I'm at his service. What he wants, I will accomplish. Why? Because he first loved me. And like you said so wonderfully, I love him. And that's going to be my love language back. Amen. Yeah, and it's, he works in us in the area of our will and the doing. So in the want to, as well as the get to, uh, God is at work inside of us. I love that picture of the clay and the butter, because it, it just, there's the reality. It, it's all about the offering that you make and the state of that offering. Uh, when I first read Psalm uh, 37, uh, verse 4, uh, way back in the day, as a, as a young believer, I thought, wow, there's a blank check. It says something like this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I thought, all right, I'm happy with God. So I should get everything I ever think about, pray for, everything I ever want, because I'm happy with God. That is not at all what that scripture means. When you read uh, and study that verse, that word delight is, is the word meaning soft, softness. It's translated a variety of different ways, but it actually hails to the picture of, interestingly, the clay. Not the butter, but the clay. But it's a clay that's pliable. It's a clay that is not hard baked already. It's the clay that is soft. And so when you soft yourself in the presence of the Lord, when you soft yourself into the hands of God, that's delighting yourself. He then will begin to give you the desires of your heart. In other words, he will fashion a set of passions and desires within us to want the will of God for us to want the power and the presence of Christ to flow through all of our lives, to touch others, to be a part of the purpose of God in our lives, not because we have to, but because we want to. We are birthed into this. We are changed. We are morphed. We are transformed. There is this thing that takes place where the mindset of Christ becomes our mindset in ministry. And so it's, it's a powerful, powerful picture, and it's even more powerful experience. And so uh, with this, there's also this promise to believe. We mentioned before, you know, the idea of enjoying the journey, but hey, the destination isn't bad either. The destination is pretty good. So let me pick it up at verse number 16. It says it this way in verse, uh, where am I? At 16, yes. I got to find it. Holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. 
Even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad. In other words, I have joy. I rejoice with all of you, with you all. Again, there's our Texas version of Paul. Likewise, you should be glad and you should rejoice with me. And so here's the bottom line. What we do as we let the mindset and the joy of that mindset of ministry begin to be in us, there is there is a powerful reward that comes with that. And the reward is the experience itself. The reward is this glorious joy of the Lord. And we know that there's nothing empty about our efforts. There's nothing vain about this. This isn't a rich thing. This is not a Rex thing. This is a Jesus thing. And, and so this effort is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, it's a shared thing. It's not a solo situation. Uh, while we might, we will stand individually before the Lord, I've said numbers of times in my life that judgment is not a choral experience, but the, the basis of judgment is how you fit into the choir. It is how you served others and, and how the service and the mindset of ministry, because it's never just you and the Lord. It's you and the Lord and his heart and mind for everyone, everywhere, every day. And so this is the reality. It's a shared glorious experience. And that's where he finishes up. He says, you know, uh, we share the joy. My joy in the Lord rubs off on you and your joy in me is your joy in the Lord. And so we're all mixed up in this wonderful, joyous, relational celebration because of who God is and how God is and because he has given us the mindset of real ministry. So thank God. Thank God for his empowerment in our lives. And we pray that the Lord will help you. Our, our hearts cry every time we get the chance to do this, is that some word of this truth, some, some word from the Spirit of the Lord will just prompt something inside of you, and you'll begin to realize, hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a way with this, you know, this, this small mentality, this small-mindedness. I want to I want to take on a new mindset, a mindset of ministry, a mindset of of the joy of the Lord. So we pray Father in Jesus name that you will do that for each and every one. We love them. We pray blessing Lord God over each of them, but because we know you love all of us with this incredible everlasting love, our hearts cry is that your mind, your joy, your mentality and mindset for all of life and ministry will in fact invade our lives and that we will yield ourselves to an ever-increasing portion and experience in it. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. 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 Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.